Chapter Twenty Nine of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. It was cold early dawn, the gloomy presage of a gloomy day. In the antechamber, the attendant drew back the window curtain and looked out a drizzling rain fell and she saw the leaves of the trees in the square beaten by it and dropping from the twigs in silent helpless surrender earth to earth was their birthright but they fell on the stony pavement where no soft mould sucked them in but where the remorseless grey light found them out with its cold glitter and warned the unburied things that for them there is no resurrection in the inner chamber the nurse stirred up the blaze and drew the curtain close over the door of the ante-room and made a cheerful stir of life and movement the sick woman lay with her great eyes wide open and fixed on the warm light nestling here and there on the canopy of the bed the eyes were too conscious and far too full of thought for the satisfaction of the little nurse who had made up her mind that the beautiful lady harriet should be restored through her good offices to her enviable position in society and jessamine obediently turned her head when required and opened her lips to the food offered her but it seemed to her that the needs of the body were over that she had dropped life dropped it like a heavy stone down some fathomless well of the past on the edge of which she herself sat waiting there was no reason why she should go on living life was a memory a book she had read she could turn the leaves and look at it now as though it were the tale of another every now and then she dozed waking she found peace too long a stranger hovering near her pillow peace whispered that it was over the doctor who had been absent some hours returned at noon jessamine welcomed him with a smile it feels said she like a fresh spring day to me the flowers are growing it is late autumn said he no spring said she the year is beginning he touched her wrist and looked at her features they were altered and pinched an invisible hand moulded and prepared them afresh the eyes grew larger and softer every moment and there was no longer either horror or terror in them my life lies back from me as a dream she said it is something i have passed through it is all shadows and they roll away like a curtain yes said he i am so free she whispered later in the day dr cornerstone saw fit to summon into the chamber the incongruous figure of lord harriet like a beaten hound conscious of delinquencies and of the direst failure he crept up the magnificent staircase of his mansion and in at the door of her room he came like a shameful shadow of the past bringing with him his tainted memories 
but she looked at him steadily nor shrank as he approached the bed nor resisted when he took her hand in his nothing in this present belonged to her any more he evaded her eyes over the hazy something which he called his mind his conscience scribbled scores against him his shifty glance fell on those mental records with dismay and he hurried into such refuge as could be found in words it's an awful business jessamine he said and the ready tear the symbol of unbraced will stood in his eyes she answered nothing their two wills were two whole worlds apart and hers had triumphed in that moment she realized what a frenzy of willing she had thrown into her desire that the baby should not live fixing her thought on it clamoring hour by hour against nature and god casting the wild gauntlet of her single rebellion against fate and filling day and night and space and time with the relentless demand for the extinction of that life and the effacement of her crime and the baby had not lived it had fallen out as she had resolved her husband came with eyes red with tears and wine and face flecked with the pale lines of failure and shame to meet her looks fixed on him with the first quiet sense of achievement she had ever experienced that frightened him it set him in so isolated a region with trembling lips and shaking hands and eyes that searched an empty heaven he essayed once more the refuge of words upon my word it's a bad business he stammered there isn't a harriet left to take up the title tain't your fault jessamine he stuttered i married for an heir and lord knows i thought i chose well it's our infernal ill luck she lay in unassailable silence death the angel of mercy had passed his hand here and there and cancelled her sins there were no terrible vistas of the future the horror was washed out of her eyes that frightened him more the one point of union had been their mutual responsibility in parentage but now her eyes set him apart his conscience winced at the thought of what a headlong plunge into the mire he had taken once the prop of her presence had been withdrawn i feel it badly jessamine pon my word i do said he shivering he was astounded to see the look of peace deepening in her eyes and to feel her hand unresponsive within his it lay there quietly it is true for her mind retained its proud habitual attitude of gentle acquiescence in the deed of her own doing but as she looked at him she knew that that too was over his very appearance dwindled and dwindled to an immense distance for all their touching fingers 
the feet of her soul travelled fast and sure she was terribly silent at last she withdrew her hand that frightened him more and more the perspiration stood on his brow and his hair lifted with dismay her solemn fixed eyes were awful and he looked away from them a horrible sense of inability possessed him the world was in flux you ain't going to leave me he stammered anxiously pon my word i can't do without you we have to stand each one alone said she stand why every footstep was a slew there was only bottomless morass everywhere but she looked calm and strong her eye in its secret peace forsook him and then confession tumbled out of his soul headlong there were neither locks nor bolts left in his character and the mere suggestion of a closed door in another mind set the deficient portals of his own flapping he confessed out of a mere ineffectiveness and inability to retain he tried to catch her hand but missed the pure slim fingers and burying his head in the pillow whispered between choking sobs his catalogue of offences and the ready promises which were but an added sign of looseness in the soul she listened tranquilly her mind withdrawn that also was part of the dream and the past it was as though she heard the history of the dead and pitied it afterward he slipped from confession into murmuring complaint he uttered laments against destiny and denounced the fate that singled him out for disappointment what is the use of being good when you can't get what you want out of it he asked there is no use said jessamine the doctor stood behind the curtain and watched go now he ordered harriet rose to his feet he mopped the moisture from his brow and looked at the still face on the bed get well he said and come down it's damned lonely without you vaguely in his mind lingered the ineradicable impressions of his superiority as a man of his prerogative as a husband of the magnificence of an alliance with the harriets it hovered on the surface of his thoughts that he would encourage her with assurances that he still hoped that he would let her know that she need not be downhearted because he intended to be as kind to her as ever and they would jog on together as before and so forth something perhaps the mesmeric eyes of the doctor prevented this speech he began to want to get out of the room he was quite ill and weak with the outburst of weeping and confession and the unusual moral exercise his mind was already on the bottle as a restorative his thought stealing to the indulgence and laying hold on it while the more surface and open portion of his mind lingered on the luxury of good resolution ta-ta he said see you again to-morrow and he shuffled to the door opened it and closed it again behind him 
a thin wooden partition it seemed it was the door of eternal separation the material click of the latch might have startled him like some magical trick such untraversable space did it set between him and her when he turned away she had followed him with her eyes and in them was a faint astonishment the husband of nine years was so complete a stranger more shadow-like than all the shadows she felt him pass away into annihilation she lay and looked quietly at one place in the canopy of the bed the whole of life save one spot of it became more and more to the eye of her mind a colourless region what do you see jessamine asked the doctor oh my good friend come here and i will tell you hold my hand then it was that for the first time jessamine opened her lips upon the story of the highlands she told the tale by degrees sometimes with broken utterance but she hid nothing from the doctor you understand it she said anxiously i wish you to know that i am not better than some others all that was wanting was the skill to win she trembled a little still shivering under the cold mailed purity of the man who could not guess the nature of her surrender i do not know she said what i was born for on looking back i cannot see what path was meant for me everything coerced but nothing taught me i have been perishing ever since i began to exist there has never been a way for me at all i have rushed from extreme to extreme and found nothing she drew a long deep breath ah dear colin he hurt me she murmured the doctor sat staring before him silently poor woman she said that is what came into my mind when i heard of a fall and i envied them the doctor stared hard at the curtain and said nothing it took the bitterness out of my heart when i went down to them and sat with them hand in hand and counted myself one with them it soothed the pain in time a little the mouth of the doctor was grimly closed i strove to be better from henceforth but god knows i meant no harm even then i have been a dutiful wife to lord harriet she murmured it was for colin's sake i feared to lose colin out of my soul god the way was long her voice was weak now presently it ceased and she seemed to slumber the doctor sat by her holding her hand his mind was heavy with thought thoughts of life and death of choice and conduct and the ways of men later he noticed a restlessness and fever about her he saw a flush in her cheeks and that her eyes shone 
she appeared more beautiful than before but the white lids had opened with a strange look of expectation he bent over her watching her carefully and when she saw it something between assurance and perplexity passed into her face lift me doctor he obeyed and jessamine clinging to his arm and shoulder made shift to peer anxiously over the side of the bed in her eyes was the piteous hungry look and upon that followed a wan look of disappointment and she sank back upon her pillow as though convinced what had she sought what had she imagined a lump rose in the doctor's throat for she turned her face to the pillow and he knew that she was sobbing he took her hand again in his own and stroked it gently the new access of grief and excitement perplexed him presently the tears ceased but then he was assured that she looked and listened again and that for something hidden from himself tell me what you seek he asked doctor cried the weak voice of the dying woman is there nothing by the bedside no jessamine no my dear oh yes said she surely there is he replied more warily and what is it is there no little child there he mistook her idea altogether and answered quickly no no my dear yes she cried anxiously a little boy doctor with steady eyes of a yellowish brown and sturdy red limbs and crisp hair that curls over his brow there is none faltered the doctor rest my dear she struggled up again and clung to him looking imploringly in his face yes yes she said it is there it must be there it runs by the bedside smiling oh sweet little face i carried it as a baby ten years ago it lay in my breast i saw it it gurgled and smiled eyes of a yellowish brown and all through the years i watched it growing when i walked alone through the passages it ran after and tugged at my skirt crisp curls over the brows doctor sturdy limbs and a red red mouth it grew older sometimes its little arms were tight about my neck at evening when i was alone and all was still it sat on a little stool with its head on its hand reading a picture-book and now it runs round the bed smiling and beckoning surely you see it too in in the next world he faltered yes i see it too jessamine and he turned his head away stifling a groan but the half-delirious woman was satisfied hearing the last words she rested in them she lay with closed lids a smile parting her lips presently the doctor saw her feebly very feebly moving her left hand slowly and with effort toward the edge of the bed she lifted her fingers and dropped them softly tenderly upon the little head she pictured there 
and as she raised and let them fall from the thin finger slipped the wedding ring and rolled away unnoticed the doctor sat by her side holding the other hand in his he would not leave her now until the end in all london no one needed him so much no creature was so lonely as this admired queen of beauty in all london he was the one friend she possessed the nurse sat by the fire and nursed her grudge she was unjustly robbed of the prestige she had hoped to earn by close attention on the brilliant and envied lady harriet the doctor plainly distrusted her death the great messenger was the other inmate of the chamber he stood there waiting felt yet invisible with mercy in his eyes End of chapter 29